Welcome to the Forrester Research Podcast. Hi, I'm Tom Pullman, Chief Marketing and Strategy Officer at Forrester Research, joined by James McQuivy today. James is a Vice President Principal Analyst at Forrester here. James, thanks for joining today. Thank you, Tom. Glad to be here. Appreciate the time. So you've authored a very popular book entitled Digital Disruption. So let's let's uh, do a little role play here. I'm that CTO, but in a different company who hasn't taken that uh, that step yet, or maybe I'm a chief marketing officer, some C-level executive. Um, what are the tough questions that I have to ask myself to see if I'm ready to do something? To the, that moment of looking in the mirror, if you will. Yeah. Well, we actually we help people with that mirror. We we have a, a link at forester.com/disruption where you can go and assess your readiness. We we have a longer survey that we offer people, and in some of our consulting engagements, we do a bigger survey. But if you just want to go and say how ready am I compared to other people, just four questions. You answer those four questions, and we'll show you the answers visually, so you can see where you line up against other people. But those questions are really quite simple. It's down to energy, um, skills and policies and practices. And do, do you basically have the energy to say, we believe in digital and we want this to happen? Because some people don't want it to happen. They'd rather that they could just continue on with a job that they were hired for 20 years ago and have it last until retirement. But most people, 85% of people, tell us they have the energy for it. Skills, it starts to break down. Fewer than 40% of people tell us they have the skills or they in the company have the skills. And then policies and practices, that's where it's really difficult. And if you're at that sea level like you've proposed, what, we're, what you're going to find is that you might say, well, you know, I'm 30 or 40% confident that we have the, the right policies and practices to behave in a digitally disruptive way. And then if I were to give that same assessment to your direct reports and their direct reports, all of our data suggests that they will say about that they are half as prepared with the right policies and practices as you think they are. Interesting. So just a bare awareness that your policies and practices are probably more inhibiting of digital disruption than even you realize. So just having an iPad in the executive suite doesn't automatically make you digitally disruptive. That that's the important first look in the Got mirror. It. But is the is the energy level at least around digital? Um, equivalent, maybe you're talking to a C-level exec versus a, an entry-level employee? It is, and that's a good thing. You know, those of us who've been around Forrester enough, I've been here 15 years off and on, and I remember the days where we'd walk into the C-suite and it was all tension and anger, where they would look at us digital web people as some kind of, you know, people trying to diminish or harm the business. Now the C-suite believes in digital. They care. And, and small art company, large company, doesn't matter. They're r roughly energetic or excited about what digital disruption could do for the business. And that's great. So energy's there, skills lacking a little bit, but you can train that. What's really the issue? Policies and practices are standing in the way. And so the next question that I always get is, okay, so what policies and practices need to change first? And I say, well, I, you know, each organization, I can't go in and diagnose overnight which policies and practices need to change, but I can give you a way for you to kind of litmus test yourself and see what policies and practices stand in the way. And it's basically this. Tell your company you've got a problem to solve. Don't don't say, what do we want to do that's new and cool, company? Right. You know, here's a suggestion box or an email. Send an email to the CEO of what new thing you want us to do. That will always fail, I guarantee it. I won't go into all the reasons why it will always fail, but trust me, it will always fail. Instead, what you do is say, we've got a problem to solve. The problem might be in this particular area. It might be in uh, distribution. It might be in marketing. It might be in technology. It might even be in human relations, whatever it is. 
tell the company that you have a problem to solve and say, how could we solve it in as cheap and quick a way as possible? Okay. Make it clear that you expect the answer to use some kind of digital cheat, some digital shortcut, and see what people give you. And you'll find that people will come up with suggestions that make sense. They're usually obvious in some cases. But you have to then break some of your own rules in order to act on those best suggestions. Well, those are your rules. Those are the rules that are standing in the way. It's like, oh, well, our policy says we can't do this or we can't do that or we have to go through this security process or we have to go through this vendor approval process or that we can't enact a partnership without three months of due diligence. or what, you know. Then you'll suddenly see those policy constraints that are absolutely getting in the way. Uh, then once you see them, trust me, there are more. You, you need to repeat this exercise. Go somewhere else in the business and say, we've got a problem in our mobile store issue. Uh, what should we do to fix it, company or team? Because you can sometimes break out a specific team and say, we need you guys to help us troubleshoot this. You give people specific problems, let them generate the right solution, then figure out which policies and practices are inhibiting the implementation of that solution. Do that over and over and over again, and you will eventually find and eliminate most of the policies that are inhibiting your digital disruption. So rather than leading with a big, if I play this back to you, rather than leading with a big digital concept, start with the problems you're trying to solve and the digital flow out of that. If you make it clear to people that you want their best digital solutions, yes. Because the, if you think about it, and we've been talking about the consumerization of IT at Forrester here for years, where your employees are bringing their personal tech with them to the job. Well, now they're not only bringing the technology itself, they're bringing their heightened expectations of what technology should do for them. These same people who are spoiled by Spotify now walk into your organization and say, why can't we use technology to give our customers a better experience? We're kind of lame if we don't do that. Let them reflect that energy because that's mm -hmm. a positive energy. And that heightened expectation on their part will lead them to suggest digital solutions to the problems that you have in the organization, which will then help you identify the problems barriers inside the organization that need to be fixed. I'm curious, James, does the problem-solution focus, does that limit um, limit the scope of, of, of what these companies are taking on? Does yes, it limit it does. their thinking a bit? It, it does. Do you have examples of those who really discovered problems they didn't know they really even had and yes. digital helped them do that? Yeah. Well, so what we're trying to do is we're trying to free up the minds of the people in the organization to think differently about how to solve customer problems. And letting you solve problems lets you focus on tweaking the organization itself. But hopefully, you're simultaneously developing in your company the mindset of a digital disruptor. You're giving people the idea that, okay, solving this problem is a nice thing to do. It's an incremental thing to do. And if it benefits the customer, we should do it. But if in the process of becoming someone who thinks digital first, you also identify the next way cool thing we should do as right. a company, then, then bring that to the table too. And I'll, I'll give you an example. Yeah, I profile this one in the book actually, and it's gone on a lot further since when I first wrote about them in the book. Jawbone, the company that makes those very elegant and relatively expensive Bluetooth earpieces or headsets got into the business of mobile speakers. Bluetooth enabled mobile speakers at a time when that business was terrible and no one wanted to get into it. And everyone, if you'd asked anybody, should we invest in that business? They would have said no. But what Jawbone realized is this isn't about mobile speakers. It's about going to their mobile lifestyle customer and saying, what more does that customer need? And we have this whole process that we've developed called innovating the adjacent possible, which is finding the next thing that your customer needs and giving it to them, whether it's an incremental change or a huge leap. 
like they made in the case of saying, well, we need to leap into mobile speakers, a business that is actually quite terrible, and they made it thrive. Now it's a huge business, and everyone else wants to be into it. Well, have they stopped there? No. The next thing they said is our mobile customer is really interested in their lifestyle around health and mobile fitness. Well, let's create a what they call the UP, which is one of those wrist bracelets that now everyone's making, it seems. Nike's making one, too. Uh, that tracks your steps and your sleep and a whole bunch of things related to personal fitness. Well, how is it that somebody who helps you do crystal clear phone calls on a small headset is suddenly now helping you track your health and fitness by giving you a wristband? That was a leap, but it was a leap in the direction of the customer that they understood using digital tools that they became very comfortable with as a company who has a digital orientation or mindset inside of Jawbone. So that, that's just one example of many of companies who, once they build that mindset in the organization, suddenly see completely what might have been left field opportunities. Right. Now they can go into those with some sense of how to pull it off. So focus on solving some near-term problems, but the, the mindset builds organically and spreads throughout the organization. You inculcate, as a result, a mindset of digital disruption. And once you do that, stand back because your, yeah, your employees... Let it happen. Let it happen and applaud it. Because your employees are going to suddenly start coming up with things that you are not so comfortable with right at first. You're, you're the way we need to slow this down. And then suddenly those same employees, who the ones who have the right mindset, are going to say, bag this place. I want to go somewhere else and do this where people really care about innovation. So, so this will be a retention strategy eventually absolutely. for some of the bigger uh, firms out there. Absolutely okay. it will. James, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for the Thank time. Thank you, Tom. This has been a Forrester Research Podcast. For information on how we can help you become a digital disruptor, go to forrester.com slash disruption.